This is Pastor Nathan Kirk, and I am so glad that you have decided to make Greater Life a part of your day by tuning in to the message that you're about to hear. We here at Greater Life are a group of people that are passionate about living for Christ, as well as service one to another. From our worship services, classes, and messages, we strive to love and serve with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I hope you enjoy the message you're about to hear, that it is a blessing to you, and that in turn you may be a blessing to others. If you're searching for a church to call your home, I encourage you to join us here at Greater Life. A couple lessons into the um, you know the subject of God's universal family, and we talked about a number of different things, including uh, children, birth order of children, some of the traditions and things that come with being a firstborn, secondborn, middle child, youngest child, and the last one, so to speak, and um, many think the dynamics that come with that. As that lesson concluded, one of the things that I touched on was the concept of um, other dynamics, including blended families and adoption. And that's really where I want to pick up tonight, is on the concept of adoption. The concept of adoption. I want to ask you this question. Do you remember when you came into the family of God. Do you remember when? Do you remember, some of you, do you remember the service, what type of service it was? What was that? It was crazy and loud. And as apostolics, that means we're doing it right. Like, crazy and loud to apostolics is what messy is to barbecue. That means you're doing it right. <laughs> right. Right. It was crazy and loud. And, Sister Grooms, if you don't mind me asking, this is part of your story, part of your testimony. What was your religious background? You were Catholic. Were you, were you like a devout Catholic? Practicing Catholic. Okay. Okay. So that's important. Any other former Catholics? A few. All right. Nothing to be ashamed of. Why? Because you were adopted. You were adopted. Uh, a friend of mine who came into the church, and, um, and he's preached here before, he's mentioned that when they first came in, they, neither he nor his wife had much of a religious background at all, and when they first came into the church, and this is, this is our home church in Iowa, which is kind of, relatively speaking, a little more mellow, let's say. But when they came into the church, um, they left and said, we will never go back there again. Because those people are crazy. They're just wild, and they're crazy. Did you see them lifting their hands when they prayed? Did you hear them praying out loud? Did you see them clapping and standing up and shouting? Did you see that? Did you, did you see what that, we, we would say what that church is like, but really it's what that family was like. And when you go, like you go to the store, you go to a restaurant, you go out and you see families that don't do things the way you do it. Right? And then you get in the vehicle and you, did you see what those kids were doing? Did you see, did you, could you hear what they were saying? And it may have been kind of wild, but you couldn't look away. <laughs> it was kind of, it was just wild. 
You were drawn to it. I want to just talk to us tonight, give us maybe a reminder and an understanding of our story and about how we, even if you grew up, let's say, quote unquote, grew up in the church, did anybody, for lack of better ways of understanding, did anyway, you're not getting into it too deeply, did anybody, quote unquote, more or less grow up in the church? All right. So a number, a number of us here, okay, grew up in the church. Well, what does that mean? What it means, at some point it means that you grew up going to church, but at some point what it means is you have to make the transition between just going to church and being born again into the kingdom. That just coming, hear hear me tonight because I'm going somewhere with this, but just coming to church and gathering together, frankly, is not good enough. You have to, each and every one of us has to go through a process of being born into the kingdom. John chapter 3, verse 1, we know this, maybe we know this passage, but let me just remind us about this here tonight. <laughs> there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher that comes from God, for no one can do these things uh, that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see, here it is, the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? I don't think that was a serious question. He was just kind of like, what are you getting at, Jesus? So Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We take, I think we take pretty high priority. We should set at high priority the importance of being born again. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. That is, that is of vital importance. And that is our entrance into the kingdom. Being born into the kingdom is not the highlight of your walk with God. Think of it like this. When you were born naturally into this world, that was not the highlight of your, of your life. Most of you, like most of you, maybe you've seen pictures of what you looked like when you were a baby, right? And for all those years, you don't even remember those years. But you, we start to ask, what are some of the highlights? It's a different story. Being born again, that's part of our t- story, that's part of our testimony, but that's not, that's, not the high, that's not the highest point of where things go. That's actually the very beginning. That's the entrance, that's the adoption. Now the adoption has taken place. The adoption has taken place. And we are now allowed to be part of a family. Our theme for this last year of 2022 has been the theme of together and in the significance, the importance of being together. We've, circ- we've centered around a lot of our, um, of a lot of our things about being together, whether that's all together corporately within the building or it has been out in breaking bread from house to house. Just the significance of not siloing, of not becoming isolated, but being together. One of the challenges that we face, though, is you can be in one room, 
and still be alone. You can be in a room of people all gathered and be physically together, but be separate and separated and segregated or segmented apart. And so what I want to just maybe help us and challenge us with is this year is coming to a close as to, I want to ask us to make an effort to really, in our minds and our hearts, to make the effort for the body to integrate more and more. To be closer as a body than we've ever been. So we can function in a better way. There's a, something I started saying at the beginning of the year, and it's kind of tracked throughout the year, and it's the concept of keeping things loose, but also keeping, uh, keeping if we, if, I mean, I'm sorry, keeping things light, but also keeping them tight. That we don't want to be heavy, we don't want to be heavy-handed in what we do, right? We don't want heaviness. When you come to church, you don't want heaviness, Right? But we can't let the pendulum swing so far the other way that it's all it's loose. Right? So we want it to be light, but we also want it to be tight. We and in order for tightness to happen, we have to be close together. <clears throat> like anybody in any um, industry will tell you that if you want um, things if you want things to properly work together, they have to be snug and fit together well. Right. If you want a solid, if you want something to propel, it has to start from a solid base. If you want to fire a cannon, you have to fire it from a solid base. You can't put a cannon in a boat or a canoe and put it in the lake and then fire it. Where's it going to go? The cannon's going to go that way and the shot's going to just fall down. You won't have any projection. You won't make any progress. You won't accomplish what you're trying to do. Tightness within a family is important. And we can become so easily siloed in our individual relationships that we no longer overlap like we maybe once did. Or if we never have, then maybe we once could. Let me also maybe make a point about this as well. Sometimes we go through enough hurt or conflict within a a body that we don't want to get close to anybody. Well, hallelujah. Happy New Year. But this is a fact. We go through things and and we have have past. We have past things that have taken place and our guard gets up. We don't want to get close because of what could possibly happen? If, if, you want, if you want to ask me what some of the signs are that there are some things that are concerning, it's when relationships start to deteriorate. That's when things get concerning. But God's invitation is more than just being part of a church. His invitation is being part of His universal family. Not just in Columbia Heights, not just Minneapolis-St. Paul. His universal family. His, his family that we're born into that is part of the kingdom. That, that, is, that also stretches way back to Abraham. The promises of Abraham. 
we are allowed to be a part of his family. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Everyone say holy nation. nation. That's really important. His own special people that you can proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But it goes on to say this, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We once were not a people. We at one point were foreigners and aliens and strangers. But now we are the people of God. Ephesians 2 and 11 says this, Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. In the book of Ephesians, in chapter number 2, in that chapter alone, four times in that chapter, it uses the word once. And what it's referring to is the, the old way that people used to live or be considered. The old way. What I want to remind us here today is that if you've been born again into the kingdom... You are not slave or captive to identify with your old way. But you can walk in a new way. You can walk in a new life style that is not identified with your old way. So we read from 1 Peter and we read from Ephesians. I want to turn your attention to the book of Galatians. Because Galatians has a really interesting narrative to it and foundation to it. I I think we're good. All right, maybe not. Galatians has a really interesting um, foundation to it that lays out, it it really, I think it's going to, it speaks to where we're at in this concept of adoption, and it's really where we get the term, and we have the verses on, on adoption. But there's something that's happening there in the book of Galatians that's important to the narrative for us to understand it, so we understand the context. Galatians is a, is a book that's written to the churches in a region of Galatia, and Paul founded those churches in Acts. Now, the Christian faith, started out as, a, as a, uh, being comprised of Messianic Jews, which means that they were all Jewish believers who believed that Jesus was the Messiah. All Jewish. So they all followed the commandments of the Torah. What, what are some of the commandments of the Torah? Let's just refresh some of our memory. The Old Testament law. 
Maybe that'll help. Ten Commandments. Those are pretty solid too, right? Circumcision. Circumcision. The Sabbath. Very good. Not having any other idols. Yep. Feasts. And then dietary. So what you could eat, what you couldn't eat. Right? So there were things that were off limits. The Keith? No marks on your body. Yeah. All, that's all part of that old, that old law under the Torah, right? So here's what was happening. As the message of Christ began to expand out of Jerusalem and all Judea, and as Jesus said that it would in Acts chapter 1, it began to come out into Samaria and then to the uttermost parts of the earth, or expanding into the known world at that time. We pick up in the book of Acts, we pick up with Cornelius, who is a Gentile, who he and his family were adopted or born into the kingdom. Up until that point, no Gentiles had been born into the kingdom. They, thought it was, they still thought it was just kind of a seclusive or exclusive kind of a, a club for, for those people. But when the Gentiles experienced the Holy Ghost, just like they did in the book of Acts in chapter number 2, when the Gentiles had this experience, then they said, well, this same, this same entrance into the kingdom, the same promise, the same adoption, um, or the same promise, the same families for the Gentiles as well, they've now been grafted into the vine, they've been adopted as part of the family. And what we can sometimes get is when people are adopted as part of the family and they come into the family, we can get to, the, there's this idea that they now have to pick up on all the norms of the family. They have to do everything that the family does. <laughs> what the Jews failed to realize is that is the complete work that Jesus came to do. That he came to complete the law, not to do away with it, but to complete it. And so in that completing work that he did, they failed to realize that there were certain practices that they didn't need to adhere to anymore. Because Jesus, because of the work that Jesus had done for them. And so what he, what, what's happening in, in these Galatian churches is that as, as the, this, this Christian message is spreading from Jerusalem and the Messianic Jews are are as it's growing, and as it grew, the promise began going into um, more and more parts of the world, and um, more and more mixed congregation of Jews and Gentiles. But the importance here is that many Jewish Christians believed that in order for Gentiles to become Christians, followers of Jesus, that they too needed to follow the laws of the Torah, including Sabbath, what you can and can't eat, circumcision, and so on. So some of these Jews uh, in Jerusalem either traveled to or they were from Galatia, and they started interacting with the Galatian churches, mostly Gentiles. And what happened is that they began undermining the work that Paul had done, demanding that the new Christian believers also start observing the laws of the Torah. It would be like this. There are all of these laws that they had observed, and if a new believer comes in, if we conduct ourselves and we say, here are all these laws that you now have to follow in order to be a follower of Christ, 
What do you think that that would do for that believer? It would be a big turnoff. Here are all these laws that you have to follow. You can't, you can't eat pork anymore. Like you can no longer have bacon. Welcome to Greater Life. You can no longer have bacon. No, yeah, no cheeseburgers, right? No shellfish. What was that? <laughs> no, no, right? No. Don't confuse us with facts over here about health and blah, like, ugh, like, don't. That's not important. It's not important. There's no, that's not part of the narrative. <laughs> like, fake news. No, um, what's that? Yeah, milk first, right? Instead of meat, yeah. And so, and so, I want to be careful how I approach this because some of you maybe are already a couple of steps ahead and you're like, yeah, well, I've been thinking about this a long time and, and why do we do this? I don't think we should have to do this anymore. Like, hold on, just, let's just rein it in. Let's rein it in. Because there's a danger. There's a danger in understanding that if there are some things that are unnecessary to uh, uh, that are not necessary for our salvation, we can't put that on people. If there's something that that we that you personally do that's not necessary for salvation, um, that's it's either one of two things. It's either it's either a conviction that you personally have from the Lord. And I think it's very important, we talked about this at the very beginning of this year, the importance of conviction. Conviction is very important. When was the last time that we allowed our hearts to be convicted? Right. Or we even invited it. And we said, Lord, you know what? I feel like maybe I'm a little too comfortable. Or I got a little too much of my own will and my own pride. So Lord, why don't you just, if there's anything in me, search my heart. And let me know. Guess what? When you pray that prayer and ask that of the Lord, you know what he's going to do? If you're sincere, and frankly, even if you're not always sincere, like he'll just, you're putting the word out there. He's like, okay, buckle up, because I'm going to show you some stuff. <laughs> and then what do we do when he shows that to us? We go, well, well, it's not as bad as them, you know. At least I'm not doing that. And it's, it's not as bad as I used to be. And he's, not, he's, he's utterly unconcerned with your comparison. He's saying, okay, I'm going to show you some things. Conviction is beautiful. Because he's doing it for your own good. He doesn't have anything to prove. Like, he's God. <laughs> Nothing to prove. He's doing it for your good. So if there's, if there's something that, that, that's not necessarily imperative for salvation, it's either conviction, personal conviction, which is good. Embrace personal conviction. Sometimes we avoid that prayer because we know that there are things in, um, in the closet or underneath the bed that we don't want to look at. Okay, anyway. So embrace conviction because it will be for your good. But if it's not conviction, then the other thing that it probably is, is simply comes down to preference. Just plain preference. And we have got to be careful not tripping each other up with our own personal convictions or our own preferences. 
adoption. Come on into the family. I have convictions and I have preferences. And why don't we encourage and guide and trust and help one another, especially those that are newly adopted into the family, to find their own convictions. Not from us, from the Lord. Have you ever been doing a Bible study with somebody and they talk to you about something that they're, that they're really convicted about? Anybody ever done this? Like, I've, I've done this. No, nobody else? Okay, well, then this is only, totally unrelatable, but um, no, some of you have. Okay. They tell you something that they're really convicted about, <laughs> and then you're like, I don't really, I'm not really convicted by that. That's, like, maybe I need to pray about that. Maybe I should, I should spend some time in prayer about that. And you can bring it before the Lord, and there's a beautiful thing that's taking place there, though. It's the Lord talking to them. To them. If you ask the Lord sincerely, he will reveal that in your heart. And I think that's part of the, fam- part of the family of God culture. And, and contrary to what was going on in Galatia is, is that notion that you can, we're trusting you. Seek him out. Seek out when the scripture says to work out your own salvation. Not casually. Not just kind of um, flippantly or, or even justifying, well, I'm pretty sure God's this way. No, no, no. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's, that's very different. That's a different type of working things out. So, <clears throat> what was happening in Galatia is that the Jewish believers were undermining Paul, they were going into the church, and they were telling all these Gentiles, these new Gentile believers, you've got to start practicing laws under the Torah if you want to follow Jesus Christ. Paul finds out about this happening, and he writes them a letter. Here are some excerpts from that letter, because it's really fun. He starts it out by saying this. Paul, this is Galatians 1. Paul, an apostle. I love, I love that. He just starts out, he says, hey, by the way, a little reminder here, I'm an apostle. Not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. He was saying, hey, I'm an apostle. By the way, it's not from man or humanity. This is a work that Jesus did. So he's, he's giving his credentials and the authority with which he's able to speak. And all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, if you're reading the opening to this letter, you're reading it, and you're like, that's pretty good. Thanks, Paul. Hey, everyone, we got a letter from Paul. It's a pretty good opening. It's like he gives us a nice little greeting and we're all on the same page. Keep reading. (laughs) I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. He's, He's saying this gospel that you're turning to, it's not like another option. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. 
But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. If we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. He was bringing out a point and he was, he was, he was opening up this letter and he was saying this. He was saying, you are turning from that which you've already had, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was the truth, and it's what saved you. It's what took you out of being stuck and in traditions, or the traditions of men that you've developed, and all these. It's what took you out of that and freed you from that, and now you're just trying to get back into that. He's saying you're trying to have a hybrid between the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and, and the Torah. You're trying to hybridize this together and make it one new separate gospel that's not actually a gospel at all. And he's saying that the, the work that was done that justifies us is not, he, he's, he goes to links in this letter to tell them the works that's done to justify us are not the works of our hands. We can't, we can't, uh, he uses the word justification a lot in this, in this book, and justification means to be, to be in right standing with God. And what he's saying is there's nothing that you can do by your own actions to make you in right standing with God. Only Jesus Christ can do that. When we're obedient to him, it's through his sacrifice for us. Galatians 2, he continues on, and he concludes that chapter with this statement. He says, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I, um, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives within me. In the life that I'm now living in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if the righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. What I'm trying to maybe communicate here tonight is this. Through the adoption process, you know that that's one of the things that's really vital to a church and growing is more people entering into the kingdom. This is our aim. This is our goal. More individuals entering and then living in the kingdom. Let me just say this as a little aside, and I'm going to get to this towards the end. But just because you enter into the kingdom doesn't mean that you're living a kingdom life. Right. We've seen people that have, that have come to the altar, cried big old tears, gotten wet in the tank, and the right words were said over them, and they had um, words come out of their mouth that didn't sound like English. And we, we do actually wholly believe that they went through the, the new birth process and entered into the kingdom of God, but then they just walk away. I've got my citizenship. I've been adopted, but I don't really want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of the kingdom. I want to be a part of the kingdom. What I'm trying to do tonight is maybe help us by saying that in this universal family, our expectation and what we need to look forward to is helping people become accustomed to the adoption, to the adoption into the kingdom and then the culture 
of the kingdom. And the, and the greatest adoption, or the greatest um, acclamation of the culture of the kingdom is helping them grow in their own personal walk with Jesus Christ. Not Im- imposing our personal convictions or preferences on them. That doesn't mean that your personal convictions or your preferences are to be left out of the story. Because let me tell you something. That's a beautiful part of your adoption story. Part of your adoption story is may, may look like this. When I was adopted into the kingdom, my new father, he talked to me about this thing that I had in my heart and I was, I was watching things that I shouldn't be, that he told me he didn't want me to watch anymore. Do we still think, it, do we still think that's appropriate? Right? Okay, anyway. Like, he told me I shouldn't watch things anymore and so he, he told me to stop doing this. When I entered into the kingdom and I was born into this kingdom, I was, I was saying things that, that he didn't like me, to, me saying. And so he asked, he, he asked me to stop. I was going places and, and I was drinking things or I was smoking things or I was doing, doing, doing all kinds of things. And, and my father, when I was adopted in this kingdom, he said he wanted me to stop doing that. And you know what he did after he, he told me to stop? He gave me the strength to do it. That your, your personal convictions and even your preferences aren't left out of the story. They're part of your story. And there are people that are out in this world that think that, think that just because you've been a part of something for so long that you've got it all together, but really what it is is we're all just kind of a mess if, it, if it's not for Jesus the truth. Our justification, our right standing with God is only made possible by what Jesus Christ did for us. And this has huge implications implications about who can be a part of the family of God and what that family lifestyle must look like. Paul goes on in this book and he writes in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26, He says, for you are all sons of God. He's talking to the Galatian churches, and he's saying Jews and Gentiles alike. You're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. He continues talking, and actually actually I'll reference um, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. It says, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. He continues writing in this letter, and he speaks to them in Galatians chapter 4, in verse 6, and he says this, 
And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. What I'm trying to communicate to us here tonight is this, is that in God's universal family, his universal family, we've been talking about this for the last, actually, few weeks. We, talk, we started talking about generations, right? Some of the generational differences and what some of the younger generations wanted the older generations to think and what some of the older generations wanted the newer gener- younger generations to, to think and to hear. And it was really intriguing to hear all those responses. I think really eye-opening as well um, and very important. With that, there's an understanding. An understanding I think we have to have is that our, our, our purpose, our goal, and our intention is to continue to be a church and a people that help people with the adoption process. That is to be adopted and to find a family. One of my very good friends growing up was adopted. And he would tell stories about how in foster care, going from house to house and place to place for short periods of time, sometimes longer periods, but then things would change. And in the system, there would be those that, were, that would come to visit and in the, in the visitations, you know, right away you get your hopes up. Kids, they, the kids there would get their hopes up. Maybe this is my new mom and my new dad. Time would go on and, you know, things really, one way or another, really wouldn't work out. But then eventually, um, at some point, he said there was this family that came in and, and he goes, I just knew. I just knew that's the family I want to be a part of. And they came in and they would take him and play, you know, play games and then go play catch and make him, brought him as part of their family outings. And then, you know, the fateful day came when they had news for him and they said, hey, um, we would like for you to be a part of our family. And he's like, well, I kind of already am. You know, I feel like I already am. And they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. Not just like at this outing that we have every day. Every day, the father was saying, I want you to take my name. Right? That's why we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. Because it puts his name on us. The father was saying, I want, I want you to take my name. And I want to treat you just like my other kids. And now, but, 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 but I'm not a blood relative. That doesn't matter. You are a part of this family. And when X, you know, when I won't say their names, but if, when, when this family member, when this na- family name is called, you stand. Because you are a part of the family. And he said that it was so surreal, and he felt, even though he had gotten to know them over some time, he still felt like a bit of an outsider. But he knew that that's where he belonged, was a part of a family. I want to share this with you tonight, that our world, 
is so looking for belonging. To think that people don't want to belong and they just want to be uh, renegades and just want to kind of be lone rangers and do things by themselves. Even if they say that, let me just tell you something. They're deceiving their, themselves because we want to belong. Even if they say, I just want to be left alone. Like, look, we all have those days where we just want to be left alone. Or weeks or months or, you know, extended periods of time where we just want to be left alone. And there's, there's actually a place for that. There's a place for solitude. And there's a, there's a dramatic difference between solitude and isolation. It's a huge difference between that. I don't have time to go into that, into that tonight. But the reality is, is, and you've heard it said that people want to love and they want to be loved. They want to find something that they can believe in and get behind and, and, and really truly love and cherish. But they also want to be loved. And that never goes away. It never goes away. And you know that the people that you're interacting with that are not yet born into the kingdom through water and the spirit, they are testing out the adoption process through the father's children and saying, is this a part of a family that I want to be a part of? Is this a family that I want to come into and enter into? Based on the relationship of his children. By this will all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one for another. That you don't kill each other with your personal preferences. That you don't kill each other with your personal convictions. But that you have love one for another. As this year closes out, and it's, it's pretty wild to believe that, in this, that this last year is, that 2022 is already coming to a close. And a new year is about to begin. I want to challenge you and encourage you to take a little stock. Take a little reflection. Do you feel like you're part of a family? Because I want you to be. Because your father wants you to be. He wants you to be part of a family. Do you know those that are not yet that have not yet been adopted that are still up for adoption as it were they just need to know how to get into the kingdom it's really not that hard either like talk about a low barrier all you have to do is repent and like be baptized in Jesus name and then receive you don't even have to do anything you just have to receive the holy spirit like, you don't have to work for it. You just got to say, I'll take that. Wow. It's, it's, it's so simple. And my concern is that there are so many people that know of God and that have a relationship, or that, that have this concept of a relationship about him, but... They're limited in their closeness to him because they haven't been born into the kingdom yet. So it's still, is, it, they're still lacking that, really that, that depth and that closeness of relationship. I think that 
it, they're so close. They just need someone to share it. And over over time at this church, one of the things since I since pastoring, one of the things I've been really diligent to try to do is to try to be careful about traditions and careful about convictions that we all have that we don't always share. And there are some traditions that we hold that are very beautiful and some that are very, um, let's see, what's the word to not offend anybody? Um, there are some that are just, they're just ready to, uh, ready to go on. Some traditions have been a benefit when it was necessary. And some traditions are things that I think that we're ready to move on from because of maturity. But there are two things that are crucial that I want to present to you tonight as I close out this lesson. The first one is this. Oh, this is going to be really hard. But church, let me just tell you, if we, don't ha- if we don't get this down, if we don't get this down, we will not advance. This is going to keep us, essentially, if we don't get this, we will be powerless. We'll be lacking power. The first thing is this. We cannot compromise the biblical doctrine of holiness and separation unto God for the sake of relevance. I want to say that again because that's so important. We cannot compromise. This goes beyond personal preference. It goes beyond even personal convictions, although it, it, it works in alignment with them as well. But we cannot compromise the biblical doctrine of holiness and separation unto God for the sake of relevance. Relevance. Of being relevant. Yep. Of being more relatable. And if we don't lean into and embrace holiness and separation unto the Lord, let me just tell you, we will be a, we'll still be a great church, but we won't have any power. We'll have this form of godliness, but we won't have any power. Holiness denotes proximity. Holiness denotes closeness to the Lord. I just want to help maybe remind us as this year is coming to a close, and I feel I feel the Holy Ghost tonight, so I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna keep trying to flow in this. But I, I want to remind us as this year is coming to a close, don't forsake and don't leave out holiness and separation unto the Lord. It is separation, but it's, it's not separation, you know, you know, from the world. It's separation unto God. 
It's not just being separate from the world and being untouched. You know, we can't get close to this world. It's not what it's about. It's about being separated unto the Lord. Lord, I am completely and wholly yours. Consecration is very similar. This very consecration is setting yourself apart. Yep. Yep. Now, holiness is a process. Let me just remind us about this. Holiness is a process. Number one, it doesn't happen overnight. And it is also very personal. But can I tell you that it is also very biblical. It's also extremely biblical. Holiness is something that comes from within. Not on the outside. Often it is reflected in how we live in our lifestyle. That's what holiness does. It's a work that the Lord does within, but then it is reflected on how we live. <clears throat> the book of Ephesians talks about the new life that believers have after they are born again into the kingdom. It's a new lifestyle that they have. And so holiness is a process that I want to encourage us and maybe challenge us here tonight Let's continue to grow in that process. Let's continue. Look, if there are some things that you've set down for, for a time and, and you feel like, well, maybe I could start to pick those back up again. Man, you remember some of the, I don't know about you, but I remember sometimes when the Lord convicted me of some things. I'll just share my testimony, my adoption story, right? I, there's, there's a time, there are times when the Lord began to convict me of some things, and it was so heavy and so hard there would be times when I, he woke me up out of a sleep and I would just wake up with a, with a deep a conviction in my heart and going, I, I have to stop this. I've got to stop this, like, not tomorrow, now. Right. And that deep conviction that the Lord gives, let us not be so casual to pick that back up again. Right. Leave it there and continue to draw closer to the Lord. Holiness. It's separation unto God, not for validation of ourselves, but because he's drawing us closer to him. If you would like to get closer to God in this year, I would like to encourage you and challenge you. Lord, make me holy as you are holy. Oh, get ready to hear it then, because he'll start to talk to you. But you know what he does when he talks to us? He's bringing us closer to him. He's bringing us closer. Holiness. But the second thing is this tonight. While we cannot, number one, we cannot compromise biblical doctrine of holiness and separation into God for the sake of relevance. Number two, we cannot compromise... Um, the strength of our relationships and each other's walks based on our own personal preferences. I'll say that again. We cannot compromise the strength of our interpersonal relationships and each other's walks with the Lord based on our personal preferences. 
So that means when somebody graduates from Elements and they come down and we start talking with them and all of a sudden they, they, they and I don't mean to put it on them, it could be anybody. It could be somebody that's just born into the kingdom and now we've got this, this adoption, now they're born in the kingdom. It, it, it doesn't mean that we impose now all of our beliefs on them or our own personal preferences on them. Really the same process that the Lord has been taking you through is now your opportunity to walk with them through. And I promise you this, that when God reveals something to somebody, it'll be a whole lot more lasting than you convincing them of something. I tell you what, when God reveals something to you, look, there are plenty of people that have told me plenty of things that I look back on and I go, that's not even true. That's not even biblical. Like, why did you tell me that? But when the Lord tells me something and it's confirmed in his word, you could tell me whatever you want to tell me. I don't care. I heard from the Lord. The beauty of that is that allow the Lord to do the work in somebody's life. Allow the Lord to, to work in people's lives. That, does, that doesn't mean we don't challenge them. We need a challenge every once in a while. Paul says to provoke one another to good works. So, so, Brother Gibson, I should be provoking you to do good works. Not like, not condemning you to good works, right? Or, or under the obligation, but it's like, come on, you can do it. Provoking is not, is not just being, it's not provocation to uh, provoke somebody to anger, but it's to move them to action. Come on, you can do this. That person that you've, been, that you've been talking to, you can do this. Or that thing that you've been struggling with, you can do this. You're more than a conqueror. You can overcome this. You can do this. So, I don't know if this has really landed with anybody here tonight, but in, in this process that we are, interestingly, all going through, let's not crush each other along the way. Let's, that, this is my takeaway. Let's not crush each other along the way. And let's not, pardon the language, but let's not crush new babies along the way. But let's raise them and let's work together. Let's have grace and, and grace for one another and patience with one another as we continue in this work. Let's take stock of our own lives Let's put ourselves before the Lord and ask him to help us, but let's also have grace and patience one with another as we continue together as this year closes out and into the next year. And next year, the theme that we're going to be getting into, I don't have time to get into that tonight, but Sunday night we're going to talk about it a little bit. But what we're going to be getting into this next year is just so beautiful. I'm so excited. It's, it's going to be so great. And there are some very intentional and purposeful things that we're doing to make, it, to make it actually work and make it happen. And let me just tell you, folks, things are moving in the right direction. They're moving. If we, could, if we could not crush each other over our own personal preferences, and if we could also dig in a little bit deeper in our own personal walk with the Lord, amen, I think, I think, uh, I think this thing might actually work. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of God's universal family. Lord willing, we will see you on Sunday. And let's all, all those who are able to help, please see Sister.